Welcome back to part two of our podcast with Patrick Boyd. If you missed part one, check it out and learn about how Patrick got into the club making business and where his love of golf course architecture comes from. We got a lot of great feedback from everyone on part one. It's been much appreciated, and I hope you enjoy part two with Patrick Boyd. I miss a green, for example. I'm already upset. When I find my ball in the bunker, I'm really upset. And when I find my ball in a fried egg. Fried egg. The dreaded fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg lie. I'm about ready to run off the golf course. Sweetens is certainly in the fun category. Bandon is yeah. is a fun Dude, it course. Totally changed. What? It's like being out there for four years completely changed my perception of golf and like how I value, like just how I appreciate and enjoy golf. What are, What are the other most fun golf courses? The other most fun, golf yeah, courses that you've played. Like what What are your like? Just the places that you know it might not be the best golf course from an architectural standpoint if like you know you're looking at architect but like what are the most fun places that you've played most fun that's gonna take me a minute man it's okay we got minutes and hours and we can cut i stuff. mean i the thing you know i i think you know the two of us have kind of a mutual love of, of seth rayner and cb mcdonald and and banks i have i have so much fun going out and playing their golf courses because you kind of know what you're getting, but every course there's just there's just all these little nuances in every version of an Eden or a double plateau or an Alps or where the strategies are going to be kind of similar, but where they were built and the land's going to be different. That's I don't know. I I have I probably have my most fun playing their golf courses just because I just kind of enjoy. Maybe it's like the OCD in me or something. I just like enjoy the similarities and differences. It's playing their courses. I think that's, um, there's something to be said about that. That's why everybody loves the Masters is they know what's coming. They know, and the, and I think that's something that's you. You know, it's in a sense it's unique to them. Even though a lot of people will say like their courses aren't unique, which is I think like a, a horrible yeah, take. Yeah. It's a, I think it's just a horrible take because I think 100%. a lot of a lot of the best holes at Rainer courses and are the ones that aren't the templates. Oh, dude! Like we've had this conversation how many times about the back nine at Shore Acres? Yeah, and two, like, and just, eleven, I mean, and short, just Shore Acres in general. Dude, eleven might be the best Raider par five like anywhere. Or fifteen, you mean? 15, I'm sorry, fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. I'm sorry, fifteen might be the best Raider. And dude, eleven is just like oh, it's just so awesome and dramatic and just I don't know. It's just a found awful. I just yeah. It really, it's just an awesome, it's an awesome hole. And I've seen people, I've seen people play from down below before too. On 11? <laughs> yes. Oh, I've been down there. <laughs> I saw somebody make par from down there. <laughs> I've, made, I've made par from down there. That's it. That's it. Have you, dude? I always what do you, what do you hit off the tee that, what do you hit off the tee that puts you there? You know, I, I know I can make par from down right. I know I can't, you can't, it's hard to make par if you pull it left. So I'll, if I'm going to miss, I'm going to fan it. I'm going to fan it right, and I'm going to go down there, and I'm going to have a completely blind shot, but it's like a, it's 160 yards or 150 yards. You can you can hit that shot onto the green, but like if you got to chip out, then you have all of a sudden have to the wedge close. So it's, it's way better to miss. It's like one of those contradictory things. Missing right there, it looks like the worst place in the world to miss. It's not that bad. It's, it's, I think it's kind of like what Doak does. Yeah, I've never even like I've never even considered walking up to that tee with a driver in my hand. Oh, I never like, would hit driver. Never. Or like I usually that's I hit I hit one iron a lot off of tees. Oh like, God. I I played it this I summer. I hit one iron. It was so fast. My buddy hit a hybrid and it ran like sixty yards into the into the crap. It was it was insane. It was the fastest <laughs> golf course I think I've ever played in my life. 
the ball was literally like bouncing 20 feet off the ground and just running. It was, you know, it had this brown tinge. It was unbelievable. It was probably my favorite the round tan. of golf. Yeah, yeah. the tan. Oh, yeah. that's the tan is hard to beat. When I've, you see the tan, yeah. I've, I've never seen a Chicago golf course play that way. And it was like the most beautiful thing in the world. But, you know, it's uh, that I just wish more places would embrace the tan. Such a dramatic, you know, it's such a dramatic change from that place from what it was like 10 years ago, too, as far as just, I mean, obviously all the work they've done out there opening up the vistas, but mainly just how firm and fast they've been able to get it and keep it. Um, I mean, that's golf to me, man. I, you know, golf isn't golf without bounces. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable what they did at that place. So, so you're moving out to uh, Bandon, uh, Oregon. Bend, Oregon. Yeah, not Bend. No, Bandon, Bandon, Oregon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. I, I, I always say I psychologically have moved to Bend. Um, so yeah. sorry, but uh, what? Uh, how many times? A lot of people been... do move to Bend. It's a lot of people do move to Bend. It's like it's been growing, and there's 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 a bit of golf out there. Yeah, there's, but it's not banded. Yeah, what uh, what's your uh, what's your power? How would you split ten rounds between those courses out there? You know, I'm I'm embarrassed to say old Mac wasn't done. Um, the last time I was out there, when we when we had scratch and we were in Eugene, that place was almost uh, it was almost a weekly adventure. We'd go out there, we'd go out there a lot. Um, if I, if I had to split, if I if I had to split 10 rounds out there, I'd probably go like, I'd probably play six from the Pacific. I, and this is, like I said, I haven't played old McDonald. The first thing I do when I get out there well, is play you, old McDonald. Well, you got one, you got one, to, you're going to have one at old McDonald regardless. So you got, a, you got one goes to old McDonald and there's an asterisk. It could be more. Okay. I, I, we, I saw that place. Ari and I used to walk that place when they were when they were building it, and we saw it kind of being built in. And it's it, it's really an interesting thing, Andy. I, a lot of people I know that are into architecture, when you ask them about that place, it's almost like a litmus test because, like, a lot of people I know just they aren't fans of it. I have I've met fewer people that like it than than don't. But uh, anyway, ten yeah, rounds a- out there, I'd probably go. I'd probably go six. I'd probably play six of them at Pacific, three of them at Trails, and. And uh, the other one at at uh, Band and Dunes. Interesting. I just not that I dislike not that I dislike Band and Dunes, but I just like Pacific and Trails that much more. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's the thing with those. It's like it's like picking. Uh, I always say this. Like it's kind of one of the things I think about with courses. It's like there's certain courses. Like once you get into a certain tier, it's like it's like picking which supermodel is the most beautiful. It's like everybody's going to have a different opinion. Oh, it's like, oh, yeah, I agree a lot. It's like it's when you talk to anybody, too, about what, you know, their their top courses or their top five. It's like when you when you talk to that, you know, you're you're flavoring it a lot with your personal preferences. Some people like firm and fast. Some people don't like firm and fast. Some people like corridors. Some people like wit. There's, you know, just everything's kind of colored with your preference at some point when you're talking about golf. Um, but, hey, of course, I mean, I've played, man. Yeah. A question I ask a ton of people is, who do you, you already brought up Rainer McDonald? But yeah, who's the yeah. most who's the most underappreciated architect? Most underappreciated, um, you know, I I'm a fan of Perry Maxwell. I think Perry Maxwell kind of fills that kind of fills that spot. Um, the Duke. This is kind of like the secret sauce on like a lot of golf courses. Um, I just you know I I think I think the world of Prairie Dunes um, and anything of his that I've seen that he's touched and you know I mean Crystal Downs got man one of the best sets of greens I've seen really anywhere although they like they you know they bristle they're all about like the Mackenzie heritage there but like I think Perry is Perry's pretty uh, I think he's uh, pretty underrated or just underappreciated maybe yeah. Yeah, he. I know. Who's it? Who's it for you, Lang, Langford? Oh yeah, I, I, I'm like a, I'm a Langford Moreau tragic at this point. I, I think about Dude, Langford. Banks is, Banks is like another one too that like nobody really talks about. Yeah, I think Banks doesn't get very. Banks doesn't get a lot of love. Then again, there aren't like a ton of like great. Where you got like Whippoorwill, Forsgate, um, 
Somebody told me you about really this Francis Byrne place in uh, New Jersey. Francis Byrne. It's like apparently Essex County used to own it in New Jersey, huh. and and it's uh, a yeah. and it's it's forty five buck public course, and it's a bur- it's a it's a it's a bank. So I think I think the first yeah. hole is like a road hole, the second hole is a burritz. Like it's apparently really cool. It's forty five dollars. You can go see like McRainer. I it's on my. My high on my list of have places. You played, to have, see. have you have you played Essex is good. Have you played Essex? Essex is Essex. Essex is good as well. Up in Massachusetts <laughs> or, or in New Jersey? In New Jersey. Uh, that's a Tillinghast, right? No. Ross. Banks? No, it's a it's a, it's a Banks. Uh, I've, I've seen that thing listed. I think they've had like four the, people work there. It's like a Tillinghast. Tillinghast Bank. I've seen like Tillinghast Banks. Yeah. There were two courses there. And I think I think what you're talking about was part of maybe the like part of the original. There was 36 there originally. Mm-hmm. I bet you that was part of. I bet you that was part of it. Well, the thing with those with Langford Moreau and and Banks, I feel like is they they came to the height of their powers at the worst time. The depression hit, and then post depression, people were like, "How the hell are we supposed to maintain this stuff?" And and they just didn't understand <laughs> and, and, it, and, and so much, and then so much of it went away because of that. You know, they, you, you know, you play you you play those courses, and you see you see what you see, you you see very clearly defined areas that were once a bu- you know this was obviously a bunker, this was obviously this, but you know they just kind of taken them they've taken them out over the years because they just don't see why it's there. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. It's it, it, it it's I, just I like the thing I think is like. They were like, they kind of turned it up a whole nother notch, and then it's like the uh, society was like, "This is unfair." That's what I kind of think. It's like I feel like Yale started that, and then everybody, but everybody that saw it after the World War Two was like, "This is unfair." It's like the fair, the fair thing. Well, then people, and then, and then trees, and then trees started to become. Then, then clubs started planting trees, and courses lost a lot of width and character. And I mean, that whole kind of that whole stranglehold started in the what the fifties, the sixties. Yeah, when yeah. a lot of these it's clubs the, started, the Hogan, you know, the Hogan effect. Yeah, it's. I feel like Ben go. Hogan had like a lasting effect on golf course design. Or just in, in that sense, just how just like what they did to Oakland Hills. What RTJ did to Oakland Hills, which you know was apparently the nastiest open course ever. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, what, you know, talking going back to Maxwell. I feel like what you said about Crystal Downs. There's there's so many similarities with Prairie Dunes and Crystal Downs. You know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, man. It's secret. Like, like I said, man, secret sauce. Mm-hmm. He's a secret sauce. That's I think he about, got it. He, I think about that with Mackenzie all the time. They he had Perry Maxwell and he had Rob Hunter. Rob Hunter was kind of just like yeah. Maxwell. I mean, it makes sense if you're going to do great work, you need great people. And Hunter worked with him on pretty much everything in California, didn't he? Yeah, I think Hunter was the reason that he came to America in the first. He place. came over, yeah. They did in Meta, and then Meta was the first project that they did. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, I mean that's that man. I was spoiled growing up, just knowing all that stuff was out there. I didn't play Meadow until I don't know, probably about fifteen years ago or so. But like, just having Pasa and then, you know, Sharp. Just you know, I get out to Sharp once in a while, and you just kind of see little bits and pieces of really cool stuff out there. And then you know, Green Hills is another one. Um, Northwood, Cypress, obviously. Northwood, yeah, Northwood. I love the story of Northwood. Northwood was built for the Bohemian Club originally because their camp, the the Bohemian Grove, Grove. is out there. It's in yeah. Monterio. Yeah, and it, the course was originally built for them, and then it just. I want to get out there because we used to go. We used to go out there. Uh, we used to go out to the coast a lot growing up, and and I've driven by the course. My dad, my dad was a Bohemian, and I saw the course a few times going going to the Grove. Um, but we used to stay out on out at Sea Ranch, uh, like around the holidays, and I always wanted to go up there, but I never made it. I just was complacent and played a lot of golf at Sea Ranch. I don't think is, that's that far from Ban- Bandon. So you know, you it's can... it's a ways south. Like it's probably if you if you took one straight down, I bet you it's probably a five six hour drive. 
uh-huh. straight down one. Yeah, it's not that far. Which is, yeah. You know, people do that That's for Sweetens Cove. I'll hit it. I'll I'll meet you. I know they do. <laughs> Dude, I, did, I mean, like, man, I the day before the, I don't I did I I told you the day before the ringer I drove up to play Moraine before they punched it before they punched it for the winner. I drove up. I drove up. I played 36 and I drove back and then the ringer was the next day. It was yeah. like uh that was like a 10 hour. No, no, it was more than that. It's a that was like uh that was like a 12 hour round trip. Yeah, I mean just, that's just for 30 just for, just for 36. That's that's what a true golf lunatic will do, you know? That's like Oh what... dude, there's there's this one trip we took. I think I've told you this. There's one trip we took. We rented a car. It was like when we had scratch. We had all these appointments like all over. This is like a whole other story in itself. But we rented a car. We were gone for two weeks. We went in thir- went to 13 states. We went 5,000 miles on this rental car. And I think we went to – I think we drove to Yale. Like we had Yale planned on the trip. But I, we drove back there I think two more times in that trip when we were like absolutely nowhere near it because we couldn't think of anywhere else we'd want to play more than Yale. I I I, I love Yale so much. Like, it, it's just the best. I, I don't think there's like it's there. It's as good as anything else in the world in the country. Dude, with like a little TLC, that place could be just like tops. Like it's, it's just it's it's just this gigantic golf course on this awesome piece of land. It's rough around the edges. There's a few things that they could update. There's really, I mean, but I'm with you. And I know, I know a lot of guys that have played a lot of a lot of McDonald Rainer golf courses. It put that at the very top. I have one friend that likes it more than National. So it's ah, it's just and it's just it's just. And what can you really do? Because the university owns the golf course. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's like the stumbling point, or that's like the that's like the dilemma. I mean, you you move three green back to where it was originally. Double punch. You do a few other, yeah, the double punch bowl on the fix, pond. Fix the bunkers. Fix the bunkers. Uh, you, uh, man. It's about that's that's <sighs> restore restore eighteen green. You see pictures of eighteen green, how eighteen yeah. green there was originally, and it was like freaking wild. It was like, I don't know. It looks like it was probably like twelve thousand square feet. The bunkers were just like gnarly all around it. What do you think of eighteen? It's, I don't know, man. It's kind of a polarizing hole. It's not, I mean, I don't know. It's not, it's not my favorite finishing hole. It's not a bad hole. It's just not my favorite finishing hole. It's the, uh, that's, what do you, what do you think of 18? What do you think of 18? I love it. I just, do you, you know what? I, I, you I, like blind, you just, you like that uphill blind, blind tee shot par five. I, so here's, but here's my thing. Here's my thing is like that whole place. Is like to me, if if you're a if you're a fair police golfer, you're gonna hate that place. If you if you believe in in overcoming obstacles and and that golf is not a did fair you say game. Fair, did you say fair police? Yeah, yeah, the fair police. That's my new term. <laughs> I gotcha. All right, it's, it's the same. I like it. I like fa- it. The fair police are the people that thought it was ridiculous that when some player in the u.s open short sides themselves into a downslope in the worst possible position on a hole and can't hold the green out of the bunker that it's unfair that like oh you hit it in the worst place you possibly could and you can't hold the green that's like that's perfectly <laughs> fair that's the fair police i'm, I, I'm sorry to, i didn't mean to interrupt you finish, okay. finish your thought that's the the fair so like to me I think I've started to think about golf architecture, and I think like you know when when you have something that's not overly hard. Like I don't think the 18th at Yale is overly hard. It's hard. No, I wouldn't say it's overly hard. It's I not, wouldn't say it's an overly hard hole. But no, it, it forces in extreme discomfort. The better the player you are, like I feel like a 20 handicap, like it doesn't make any difference to them. You know, they're just, it's really wide. It's really open. It's hard to lose a golf ball on the hole. But, like, for a good player, like, it's the most uncomfortable, excruciatingly painful finishing par five. And that that's great. That It fits the character of the golf course so well. 
excruciating. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a severe term. Yeah, I'm not it, disagreeing with you, but like, it's a pretty severe term. I mean, I, the last time I played the the last time I played it, I hit like I was like I was over right over the mound, you, like, and I'm I'm standing there, and you I'm didn't like, have the hickory. You didn't have the hickory driver in your hand, there, did you? No, I played I played one round with the hickory balada. It was insane. Oh, you did? Okay. I, I barely I carried oh, I carried the water on one by like two yards. <laughs> Like and it makes you think back to like when nineteen twenty five or oh 20, I played that I played that opened. place with I played that place with persimmon and modern ball I I, I but yeah I can't imagine I just with Bolada that's it's just two like, yards over and you you're pretty long and you're pretty long with technology yes so that's you know but it gives you an idea could, imagine playing yeah, it in yeah. a suit coat yeah like it would it had to be impossible with a wooden with a wooden shaft. Yeah, that's what and I a, think and a about. Ball that went twenty, the ball that went like 15 percent shorter than that Bellotta ball. Yeah, so it's like you know that's yeah. that's the way I look at it. Is like oh, we have it so easy now. Like if you want to tell, you want to say that it's unfair. It's like that's that's crazy to me. Well, dude, I don't. I mean, I don't know about. I'm sure you probably agree with me, but like, man, that's like to me, that's like the greatest enjoyment when you play with hickories and persimmon and steel, and you go out and you like play a good round with that stuff it's like it's just like hard thought like it's just it, it just i don't know just makes it feel that much sweeter like shooting a decent round with that equipment like it's it's just it's so rewarding at least it is to me when i play with that stuff like i play a good round with that it's like wow i yeah, played that... with 100 year old golf clubs and you know this is what i i broke 80 with them like wow that's pretty impressive that the uh, but, the, the par fives is where I recognize the biggest difference. Yeah, because you're not going to hit a lot. You're not hitting a lot of them in two. Like none of them, unless you're, like, you're really good with driver off the deck. Yeah, you got to hit like really good shots to to make a birdie, and it's just such a, a paradigm shift from you know what it is today. You want to do uh, overrated, underrated? Sure. All right, we're going to start with Bermuda. I already know how we feel about. I already know how I feel about Pebble. <laughs> overrated underrated courses arch- architects what bermuda grass <laughs> i know how you feel about it i mean i've been thinking about it obviously like living in the south you don't really have a lot of alternatives so it is what it is but it has its shortcomings uh as far as how sticky it is around the greens um uh Man, but it just grows, Andy. That's a thing. It's just it's hard. It's hard to like under underrate it or over it. It 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 just man. It's it's like the most like four nineteen is like a super weed. It'll grow like through a sidewalk. <laughs> so I don't I don't I mean I don't know. Rate it. How's that? You Maybe can't. That's uh, not an acceptable answer. I'll side with you because I mean, there's other surfaces that I obviously like playing better. So I'll say it's I'll say it's overrated. Yeah. How's that? Turning it your is back fun on... when it's dormant, dry, dormant and dry though, baby. That's about as fun as it gets on Bermuda. Yeah, you're turning your back on the South. Just think about that. <laughs> Let's. Uh, what about a- what, was the, what was the first golf? What was the first golf course you played that was all fescue, like Bandon? I don't even know. To be honest, I, I, I do not, I, I don't have awareness to when, when the first course I played, <laughs> it could have been when I was a kid. You weren't, you weren't, woke, you weren't woke at that point. So yeah, I, I, I'm sure I played one when I was a kid, but I, I wouldn't have known, you know, um, like what about, uh, what about A.W. Tillinghast? Um, I mean, he obviously did some great work. Then again, he did a lot of stuff like in the thirties during, like did he, he did a lot of WPA projects, removing fairway bunkers from golf courses. Yeah. Um, great green complexes, but I don't know. I mean, SF's pretty awesome. I I haven't played a ton of his stuff. I played San Francisco probably a dozen times or so, and it's pretty fantastic, but I don't know. I probably err towards overrated. All right. Yeah. I, uh, 
I, I haven't seen enough of his stuff. I got to do a big northeast trip where I just crank out some. I played. I mean, I like. I, I've I played SF. I've played SF about a dozen times. I played. I played Philly cricket before they did work out there. I know there's a few more of his courses that I've played. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. But what about? Oh, uh, what about you? What, you I was gonna ask, what about Ross? What do you, what's your stand? What about Ross? What do you think about Ross? I think he's overrated his, or underrated. I think he's underrated because he did so many courses and like none of them really stink. No, none of them. None of them. They all. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm with you 100. <laughs> percent It's just it's so weird when people like talk about like, you know, oh, Ross, number two, number two. And number two is kind of atypical. And, you know, number two is kind of atypical of most of his other golf courses. Um. I, I think Ross is delicious, man. I've I played a lot of great Ross golf courses, and I have not. I've yet to see a bad Ross golf course. What about the North Carolina Sand Hills? I'm embarrassed to say this, but I have not been out there yet. Oh. I've lived out here for nine years. I have not been out there yet. I've been trying to get out there before I move out of here, um, but I'm. I haven't been out there, and there's a lot I need to see out there. What about what about uh? The PXG troops. <laughs> I'll tell you something, man. If Bob Parsons was in front of me right now, I would probably like knock him over with a bear hug. Just thanking him so much for what he's done for just how golf equipment is perceived and sold these days. Um, he's like the patron saint to me of like all these boutique brands. Because he- if he wasn't doing what he did, because I mean, I had so custom works you know we were we were doing him custom products similar price point but we were really an outlier there was nobody else who was offering something similar it was more expensive and you know you kind of you know it's the stumbling point well you know all of a sudden you know there's golf clubs on the market that are the market accepts that are you know three thousand dollars or so for a three through pitch set and there's wedges that are seven hundred dollars and people are buying them all of a sudden these boutique brands have an opportunity to have a foothold in the market and to offer something completely different than what they do. Um, so, I mean, in that sense, I'm a man, I'm a huge supporter. Of, I'm a huge supporter of theirs in that regard. Um, and I mean, you know, their equipment's, they make, they make a nice piece of equipment. If you, you know, if you're really into technology and, you know, fast faces and forgiveness. Yeah. Okay. And high bound, they, their irons are pretty high bounds. Um, but, um, there is kind of like, uh, I have a lot of like hipster coffee joints by me and then you go in them and you, you hear the people like, you know, they loathe like Starbucks and it's like, you're in business because of Starbucks. Like they made it possible. Yeah. Yeah. They, they made it acceptable to charge a, a $3 for a cup of coffee, $4, $5 for a cup of coffee. Yeah. Like that's why people yeah. come to your place now because they realize like, Hey, yeah. you got a better product than Starbucks. Like they they're yeah. the they're the gateway drug. PXG is probably very similar for I never really thought about that before. Yeah, it's a, it's I mean they they that was a huge paradigm shift in the market as far as how you know the price point that people accepted to buy golf clubs. It, it really changed. I mean, when we had you know five years ago when Scratch was around, it, this was uh you know I mean, it was a much harder proposition. And now you know the price point that we're at with what we sell, it's you know, people are willing to pay it because, you know, we offer, we offer, you know, very, very different product from, I mean, it's very traditional. We make golf clubs like they were made 50, 60 years ago, but if businesses, you know, if they weren't around, who knows? I don't, I don't necessarily know that, that there would be the market that there is now for that stuff because of, you know, just being, you know, being an option and being completely different from, from them. I mean, it's just about anything needs a foil, I think, to be, you know, successful but so, uh so uh let me ask you this question if you could bring back you know one piece of golf equipment like one club from the you know yesteryear and make it like in vogue again what would it be and then what was what was the worst what was the what was the most gimmicky concept of say the 90s and 2000s i mean i, I don't know Cause there's not just like one club I can just think of. I mean, I, I, I wish people would like embrace or at least go out and try playing golf with, 
with vintage golf equipment. So I mean, my club would be like probably just that genre of persimmon head steel shaft or wooden shaft. I just think it adds a lot of value and appreciation to golf. And I think a lot of people should at least just try it and just gain an understanding of what playing golf is like with that stuff. And I mean, I've kind of made a pledge to myself next year to, I'm probably going to play all next year with just persimmon. I mean, I don't know why not. Um, so if you want in on that bet, man, let me know. Uh, the worst, most gimmicky, man. There's so many. So, so there are, there are so many. And it's like, cause you can pick all kinds of them. Like Callaway had that, that C4 driver that was like oh, their carbon, the carbon fiber driver. Yeah. But like the thing, yes, it was like, it was horrible. But like the, the thing is, is like, they took what they learned making that driver and then the first like composite like metal and in carbon driver was next. Like the, the they, first fusion driver came out right. I was like this quantum leap. It's like, Oh, let's just make this like this just like horrible, horrible driver and learn about this technology and then apply what we learned to something that's actually really good. Cause that first fusion driver was, it was a pretty big deal when it came out. That um, that carbon was driver was like the worst feeling driver. Dude, it was horrible. How, it was it was terrible. You know a club that you didn't mention uh, in the uh the five most influential thing was the club what? was the Ping T S I S I driver. Remember that one? The black one? Oh, I do remember that one. Yeah, that had the had the plastic hosel and had yeah. the K on the crown. That thing was a pretty big deal when it came out. And that was like... Everybody used that. That was like early 2000s. Yeah, that was pretty popular. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah, that was, we could, I could talk about that. If you wanted to like... That's like a that's like a many hours conversation. And I don't think we had many hours to talk about it. Yeah. Um, we got to do that one in there's person. A lot of, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of, there's a lot of little stuff like that. Like, you know... What about the pure spin? And then like... Man, Oh, with the the, the diamond face, the face. score, diamond yeah, face had the score. diamond, the diamond, the diamond dust on the faces. Those were, <laughs> those, and then the carbite was the other one. Taylor made made a wedge like that that had the carbite face. They had the nubbins putter, um, putter too, with the, the basketball. The, Remember the, the basketball? The, yes, yes, the no, yes, I do. I actually think that somebody left the nubbins at Sweeten's Cove, <laughs> and it, it may it may still be out there, dude. I about fell over when it showed up. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. There's somebody that's still rolling a nubbins. But so, yeah, listen, the listen and then to had, this. And then Taylor made had those balls, the inner gel balls that yeah. came in those plastic tubes. Oh God. Were just like, I forgot about those. So weird and like unpredictable. Like that's like the greatest thing about golf equipment, man. It's like, it just, it brings out the scientist and engineer and like everybody. So- and the weirdest thing is, is like, so I, you know, I've been like on that side of the business for like 15 years now. It's like, dude, nothing is new. Like guys were trying to do this when they were blacksmiths, but like the technology and manufacturing methods didn't really exist to really do the designs that they had in mind. And it's, it's just, it's just, it's unbelievable to me when you look at all this vintage old antique stuff and you look at almost everything's been tried before. Mm-hmm. And it's just these, just things just keep, people just keep trying the same ideas. The fascinating thing to me is like when you, when you're talking about blades, um, all the really good blade designs you see over and over again. Like you, you, you know, have you ever noticed like if you look at almost any like OEM blade, it's like, single line cut low center of gravity like almost every single one of them to a t is that design because it it yeah. works pretty well yeah it's it's just you know uh, i don't know it's irons but, are, uh, irons are are beautiful you know like so much i think feel like irons have a, oh, you need to like the way it looks you know i i got a funny I story just, about a club um i was playing the the mid i remembered something horrible yeah, finish your story. Off. I got. I, I just remembered something absolutely horrible from the '90s. Go ahead. So I'm playing my practice you round finish? at the Midam, and uh, on one of the tees, somebody left a Warrior Hybrid. A Warrior. One of the ones that they set you. One of the ones that they set you free in the mail. Yeah, at a USGA event, somebody was gaming a Warrior. Maybe it just fit that gap in his bag really well. You never know, man. 
It's like with high, yeah, it's like, man, I tell people all the time with fairway woods, like, man, you find good fairway woods, they're like old friends. You don't kick them out of the bag because you're, you know, you just don't find. Like Sonar Tech, this is the best one. They made great, they made, they made some really great stuff back in the day. They had the SS series that had all the yeah. different face profiles. There was the one, two, the three, there was a two, five, the three, five. There was the SS07 that had the adjustable hosel. There was the MP99 that was the, had like the gold ring on the outside and the kind of purplish metallic paint they made really good stuff i had a trc which was like their kind of hybrid i had one of those in my bag for a long time i still have it somewhere i had the ss03 with like an acro shaft it, it was just a beast oh, it was just like a best off the, like a beast off the tee like oh. it wasn't the easiest off the deck but it was just an absolute beast off the tee i love that thing it was, it was like, like that do you remember the adams the adams 50 50 that was like that too. Where it was just like, man, it was just a deep, deep head. And then Adams came out with the B, the BTY, came out after, and that was another man. Those things were bombers. The, the so Tylize was like a great product when it came out. It was. <laughs> built, he built, you know, Adams built that entire company around that single product. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable because I remember like the stuff that they had like early or like late late 80s early 90s they had like the air assault i don't remember what other they didn't really have anything that was like oh my god and then that came out it was like oh we took a fairy wood and we flipped it upside down and it really really works <laughs> and it really really worked and they built it yeah they built an entire business on that do you remember do you remember in the 90s yonex and yeah. i think yamaha and marman they made irons that the heads were uh, carbon fiber, Kevlar. Yeah. Marman had the DCA where they were Kevlar. That was a really, those were really weird talking about that stuff. Cause there was, there was, I remember there was a member at my club and he would literally like every three or four months, you would hit so many balls. He'd have to send his seven iron or whatever back to Yonex <laughs> and they'd send him like a brand new one. Cause it's so you're just wearing out the material. And so, yeah, every, what? every like four months or so they'd have to send him a new ADX 207 iron. It's like the, you know, it reminds me of, uh, it, it, talking about Yonex reminds me of those Cleveland Vasses with the, with the club in front of, the club head in front of the hosel. They actually, they weren't onset like that. They actually, those actually have some offset. Um, <laughs> but the way they set the hosel up, the head, the face looked like an egg. And they did, this is, uh, I think this was when Rosignol first acquired Cleveland. Um, they put there's a vibration of there's like a medallion in the back that was supposed to absorb vibration. And they had that kind of egg shape and the hosel connected really high on the face. They weren't the first company to do that. This Jerry Barber who won a PGA, Jerry Barber had irons that he made back in the day that were called the golden touch. They were very similar. <laughs> the hosel on those though was like, dude, it was like paper thin. Like it's just like the, the, the hosel on those is just like this little, it's almost like a putter neck that comes up. Um, but, those, you know, Paven won, Paven won a major with those irons, and they actually, the first ones were stinkers, and then they came out with the Plus. Uh, the Plus model came out after the original VAS, and those were actually, I thought those were pretty decent irons. I mean, they so, were obviously a little unconventional looking, but they, they performed pretty well. I had a VAS-1 iron when I was in uh, high school. I had that in the bag for a while. That thing was pretty good. What? what, what it was what, what, hideous. What, what, like I herpes awful. What major winner um, had one with like the worst equipment? <laughs> one with the worst equipment? Like, oh man, that was like a thing in like the seventies and eighties. Was like guys playing awful equipment. I love that set. I love that the set that Johnny Miller won is open with. That were I think they were they were nine I think they were nine twenty five or nine forty five McGregor's where he had sawed where he had like sawed the hosels off and like bored <laughs> bored them down and those are what he those are what he played for a while um, <laughs> that's like the greatest thing about back then because like there weren't like these huge quantum leaps in equipment from like the fifties to like the seventies and so guys would play stuff that was twenty years old because it worked. I mean, that's like the thing back then. It was like guys weren't changing clubs because they were tied to some equipment contract and their manufacturer wanted to play this because that's what was on the shelves. I mean, those guys were playing pretty much, I mean, they're, they're playing pretty much whatever they wanted, whatever worked. 
I mean, sure, they had store brands that they sold with their name stamped on them, but for most of those guys, they they bagged what the, what worked for them. They'd go to the factory, and you know, they'd get they'd get three or four fairway woods. They'd take them out and they'd hit them, and there'd be one that would work better than the rest, and that was the one that went in the bag. And they would, you know, they would trade the other ones off. They'd find a guy that it worked for, and they'd trade it off for something else. <laughs> and you'd so you'd see that really old equipment on on you'd see that old stuff out on tour, you know. You know, even like in the 70s and 80s. And like I was saying, Freddie played a M85, an old McGregor M85 forever until the 90s. It was like, a, you know, it's a 40-year-old driver. It was still out in play. Hey, what was the thing so, you remembered, the offensive product that you remembered? The Those, pro, those, those awful ADX. The Alien Wedge, there's another good oh, one. That, there's another good, there's another good product <laughs> of the 90s was the, was the Alien Wedge. And obviously, uh, um, yeah, that was one of the investors was a member at my club. So like everybody at the club I grew up at had one of those in their bag. My dad had one. It was like the only thing you could get out of the sand was his alien wedge. It's, uh, it's... You still see them. You still see them in the wild. There's someone that has a deep pain when they get into bunkers. It's, it's still, that's like their, that's like their security blanket. You still see those things once in a while. Oh gosh. That's you, uh you do. I, I, caddy, you caddying, do. that was a nightmare when he saw one of those. You were like, oh, oh dude, God, this is a that must thing. have been like the most interesting thing doing that because like you'd see somebody's clubs before you saw them and you're like trying to figure them out because like I'm kind of weird like I'll remember people by their golf clubs sometimes more than like anything else. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you're the dude that's got the 990Bs or like you know I'll remember, I'll remember stuff like that. So you're you're meeting people and to me like looking into somebody's bag before you meet them is like an insight into who they are. It's like well, it's, it's funny, you know, yeah, yeah. You, it, I worked bag room and caddied, so so many times I'd work the bag room, and then I'd like kind of, I'd get to pick my loop, and I'd pick you know, Joe member with their guests, and I'd, I had already seen the bags and had it scoped out which bags I was taking, and in so many times you're misled by the by if you judge off the clubs, and you're like, God dang, like you know, <laughs> like, like what am I doing with this guy? He's like a tight ass. He, you know, he's, he's got brand new clubs. He's playing blade irons and he can't break 90. Like, what what am I doing right now? Like, And I, I started to learn that I really like the guy. You find the bag that's super light. And the clubs might be a little older. They might be a little little worn. But, like, there's nothing, no frills about the bag. That's the guy you want. And that's, the, like, the sneaky eight that, like, plays five times a year. But it's really way better than an eight. Yeah. And it's a cool dude. Doesn't it doesn't it amuse you like when you go play somewhere like National or Shore Acres or Oakmont or whatever, does it ever amuse you to like walk around and look at the bags that are sitting around just to see the golf clubs that people are playing? Do you ever do that? Like it's it's maybe it's like a weird habit of mine, but like anytime I'm somewhere like that and I see like other people's clubs out, like I'm always like drawn and interested to see like what they have in their bags and it's 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 a pretty interesting like what you usually see see like that's the thing though with me is i i don't pay attention to what anybody's playing because i don't want to i don't want to even think that i have i should be playing something else well it's not to think that you should be playing something else but i mean i don't know i guess i'm just a little bit wired differently as far as but i how i look at equipment and i'm i'm a bum I, I don't have anything fancy going on with my, my equipment. <laughs> You're a bum. Yeah, I've got like I need, I got like all old old equipment by today's standards, but the, of my modern equipment. Do you have so besides besides the uh, the hickory driver? Do you have any wooden drivers around that have like a steel shaft in them? You know what I have that I I love is I have a PT three wood. Okay, I three love wood. that thing. See that's not and that's not even out of place with the persimmon driver in the bag. Yeah, it, it, but the problem is it goes playing, as far as the hickory. You know, it's, what is it? A thirteen degree PT? Fifteen, I think. I think. Oh, come on, come on, Andy! You hit that further than you hit the the hickory driver. Yeah, probably about the same. It's not. It's like a ten, and and they're both equally as hard to hit off the ground. <laughs> Those things were so sexy. Oh. Just like this little tiny, like just this little pea shooter. Like I have, I have like all kinds of weird bags. Like I have, like I have all kinds of weird like retro bags I'll go play with, and I've got like 
I've got like a nineties bag. That's got like my old, like tour spoon and my, my founders club four wood. And you set those things down and they're just so tiny, but when you catch them solid, they hit so hard. It's unbelievable to me how hard you can hit a golf ball with those, with those things. And they don't really spin because the balls spun like hell. So they were, you know, those things don't really spin. You know what, uh, you know what I'm eyeing on eBay right now? I've been eyeing it for a little while is the, is getting a baffy back in the bag. Getting a, a brassy, a baffler, like a 12, like a, a cobra. baffy. I gotcha. Yeah. Getting yeah. one of those old Cobra bafflers back in like one of the, the laminated, one of the laminated wood ones. Yeah. Like, like a six, a six wood or, or something. Orlamar made a bunch of those too. That's another one to look for. They made a good, um, Orlamar made some good laminate fairways that had a had a kind of similar brass plate that wasn't quite as, as severe. The other one is the have you ever seen the Ginty before? Uh-uh. There's a company called I don't even know if Stan Thompson's still around, but they had a company called Stan Thompson. Not, not no the relation architect. to the Canadian, not the Canadian <laughs> architect. But they have like this really, like really severe soul plate where it's like almost like a rudder. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a hard V at the, at the sole. And that thing can get, you can get that thing out of like just about any, just gunchy lie. My mom had one and my mom was like a magician with it. Like you get, you can get it out of just about any lie. That would be something I'd look at too. The You're looking for something higher lofted, of course. The Ginty. Yeah. I don't know that they, the I can, Ginty, I think they're like 20, like 20 degrees or so so it's basically like a five wood let me tell you the the market for the bafflers on ebay is pretty good i'm i'm looking at one that's like 16 bucks that's pretty good yeah right it's uh you should just man you should have some fun with it put together like uh like just put together like a weird like 90s small head bag and enjoy (laughs) that like in addition to the the hickory because I, I think just playing with all kinds of stuff is just entertaining. It's just, you know, I mean, especially if you're a pretty good, you are a good player. Like, if you're a pretty good player, I mean, you don't, I don't know, you hit those things solid. There's not this vast disparagement other than, you know, you lose a little bit of carry with something wood. But um, it's just fun playing with that, with old wood. Old small wood heads are, are fun to play with. Small metal wood heads, I should say. I think it makes really you way better with. with modern equipment, too. It, I would not, you know, I would not disagree. The rounds that I would play where I would bust out like a, you know, that when I had that like five-year spell or so when I was playing with Persimmon, the rounds that I would occasionally play with something relatively modern, I'd use like a 300, 350cc driver, and I could hit those pretty well. But it's just, to me, it's just like, it just it's such a different focus when you're playing with that equipment. It's like, you're not trying to like kill it. You're trying to hit it solid. Like, have you ever seen those videos of like someone did this posted this thing a while ago that was hilarious? It was like it was like down the line at like a tour event in the nineties and you're watching all these tempos and it was just like so different from watching guys on the range today. Cause these guys are playing blades, they're playing they're playing small headed drivers, and they're not worried about swinging at hundred and thirty miles an hour. They're worried about connecting with it and hitting everything pure. Mm-hmm. And it just it changes your focus playing with that stuff. They, when I, I was talking about the guy when I first got in the golf business, when I was, when I was talking to Leith, um, I used to go play a lot of golf with him and I'd work with him. And he was a good stick. He would, he played for Stanford. He was, you know, he was in his 60s at the time. And he still had he still had some game. And he put this set of blades together. Uh, they were a set of J33s and they had some steel fibers. I think they were 80 gram or 95 gram steel fibers in them. And he just striped them. He hit them so much better than any cavity back set he had. And he just couldn't figure out why. And I'm like, man, like, think about it. When you're swinging those things, like, you don't have any other options. It's almost like fear factor. You've got to hit this thing solid or it's not going to, you're not going to get very much out of it. And for whatever reason, it just reined him in. And he played, he played great golf with those off and on for a while. Mm-hmm. Um it's, but to me, like, man, there's nothing feels better than just hitting, you know, hitting that stuff pure because the weight's just so concentrated and it's just it's just a different feedback than what you get with the modern technology filled golf club. It's just yeah. so different. Yeah, that's it's, uh, you know, just make golf hard again. Make it unfair. 
Like just what I was talking about. I'm not about saying here. to make it unfair. I'm yeah. saying I'm just saying I'm, to appreciate it differently. Yeah, that's, like that's what I, I'm I think saying. That's what, that's, I think. Yeah, that's. I mean, don't. I mean, I'm not saying make it unfair. I'm saying appreciate it differently. There's, there's, there's so many different ways to appreciate it, and that's just you know one of them. I mean, the other thing I think I've talked to you about before is like the thing that's really interesting with the national custom work stuff is like almost half the projects I end up working on with clients are partial sets. They're guys that are trying to build like a four, five, six club set that they can go out and you know throw in a Sunday bag and go walking with. Mm, um, I just, the way people enjoy golf is changing and there's a lot of different ways to do it. You can do it by playing different courses, like, you know, like Sweetens, you can go play the cradle. You can, you know, there's all kinds of neat, different things like that, or you can play with different equipment. I mean, whatever you want to do, man. That's, that's why I told one enjoy of my golf buddies. The way you want to enjoy it. Enjoy golf the way you want to enjoy it. And, you know, don't be ashamed of it. Just embrace it. Enjoy it the way you enjoy it. Yeah, he this buddy of mine. He said he couldn't. The course he played didn't test him enough because it was too short and wide open. And I'm like, then just play with a five iron you or shoot? less. You, know? you ask him what he shot. Hey, he's How really good. Shoot? He's a really good player. He shoots in the sixties. I'm there sure all he is. But what he? Sh- I mean, that's like. Uh, I mean, but but it, it's it's true because you just bash driver and then wedge it on. So I told him like, hey, like if you want to get better, play with just a five iron and less, and then you actually have to hit mid irons yeah. in the greens. You know, like that's going to make yeah. you better. But hey, we, let's uh, let's wrap this up. You know, last overrated, sure, under, underrated, the fair police. I mean, golf is not by design to be fair. So golf, you know, it's, it's like life, man. It's like playing life. Yeah. Um. I mean, you know, I, I'd say I, there's I don't think there's quote unquote fair does not exist. It's that's that's golf. So I guess I would say what that'd be what they're they're overrated. They're way overrated. Hey, that? That's a good answer. All right, Patrick, thanks for coming on. Thanks for all the time. Um, people Andy, can... my pleasure, man. Anytime. Let's uh, let's get together soon. We should uh, give me a shout one of these days offline. Let's uh, let's talk about a couple things. Yeah, for sure. I'll. Uh, if people cool. can find your stuff on Instagram at National Custom Works. Then you've got your feral. Your feral gig, yeah, BBF, Boyd Blade and Feral yeah. Company, and then and then yeah, that's at BB and Fco, and then there's uh, National Custom Works Fine Furniture Department. That's at uh, NCW Fine Furniture on Instagram, and then I think I'm on Twitter. Uh, National Custom Works and BB and F are on Twitter. I was one of the guys. I did I did Twitter for Sweden's for a while. I did the Instagram up until about October. Me and Rob did the Instagram until about October, and then Nash is out there now. Has been doing it. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. I talked too much. I apologize. It's okay. This is a, this is a two-parter. So we're, we're, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the fried egg podcast. We do the digging for you. 